So life lets me down and the lies tell me I've been abandoned When the darkness surrounds and it seems that there's no hope inside I can call on your name and you release my pain, Lord, you hear me. I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll carry me. Because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm washed in the blood. You see, fear is the enemy. Left to its lies, it'll break me. I won't be led to believe that all feelings I have should be trusted. I can let go fear as you open my eyes to your hand on me. I can lean into you, Lord. That you'll fight for me, Lord. You fight. Oh, I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. And I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm washed in the blood. You see all of the lies that fill up my mind. They come straight from the voice of the enemy. I will give up this pride and run straight to the fight Cause I know you're living in me Lord, I'll step across fear and surrender my life And become who you call me to be Who you call me to be I will trust you, Lord, because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Lord, I call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. 
safe in your arms. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. Lord, I'm lost in the blood. Good evening, everybody. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday? Chris's Kilted Christian episode 455, Brothers, Fiance, and a Bible. And uh, tonight we are going to be uh, going over something that's always really kind of got my curiosity. And this is going to be something I'm going to carry forward through the week. So how God uses bad people to do his will. So another look at God's providence. And tonight we're going to start off with the big one, the the big bad guy that we all know that ended up... uh, basically betraying Jesus right before he died on that cross, and that would be Judas. So we're going to cover that um, here in a moment after I say a little body. So first off, Livin, how are you doing tonight, sweetheart? Uh, I'm doing good. Still no Mike. She's yelling across here. (laughs) We'll get that here at some point. And uh, Conley, brother, how are you doing today? Besides uh, a little cooler than you have been. Much cooler, much happier, much happier, much happier. The humidity is not as high either, which is great. I love it. So it's been a good day to be outside. Oh yeah. It was, it was actually pretty nice here today. A little overcast for a while. Looked like it was going to rain, but our mountains will either build rain or tear it apart. So we didn't get any um, (laughs) rain today, but it was a nice cool day. Um, Other than the directions that I got for this greenhouse that we've been trying to put together. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, we haven't been yelling at each other. We've been yelling at, uh, at whoever wrote these instructions though. It's like a picture book. There's like zero note. There's like no words. It's just photos of everything, but it doesn't tell you to put it on this direction. The lip needs to be facing this way. So this is one of those projects where you're pulling things apart as much as you're putting things together. Yes. So um, God, remember we talked about this the other night. Why does God give us these things? Patience. Patience. Yes. <laughs> hey, but it's interesting though. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. Eventually. Um, we'll have the roof on the top of the house instead of the bottom. So, <laughs> oh, funny why is everything upside down? Because the world's upside I down. Know, That's why. Oh, built it wait a minute! You mean I'm have my instructions upside down? <laughs> Crap! Yeah. It was always me. <laughs> this, this is a trying thing before we get married. Oh, uh, this is. We can put stuff together with having a brawl. Yeah, it goes like <laughs> this. We laughing. we go outside. We put a couple of the the, the sections together. And then we come back inside to get a new game plan. And then like the last time I came and I'm like, I think we put this together wrong. <laughs> I tell you relationship build. Oh, oh it's, building it's building everything but the greenhouse. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. The greenhouse will get built. So will the relationship. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it, it's happening. Like I said, I'm, I'm laughing about it. I haven't yeah. been too frustrated. Um, it's not. It is. It's just it, the directions are so bad that you feel like writing all over. Oh yeah, it's 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 bad. it's bad. I mean, seriously, <laughs> they may have. Well, it would have been easier to get Chinese instructions and learn Mandarin <laughs> than it would have been maybe, to figure maybe easier to do that. Slow down there, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write them a sternly written letter. Write their sternly written letter. <laughs> I'm going to do it from Ukraine. Where's Livin? She's in Ukraine writing a letter. <laughs> well, everything else, we, we've put a lot of stuff yeah, together yeah. and, you know, with the house and everything, everything 
was relatively, let's put it this way. This greenhouse is making everything that I complained about before seem irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're almost done though. We got the greenhouse and then we have the big chicken coop that's coming. That should be interesting. But at least it's four walls and a roof. (laughs) No bolts. Yeah. Yeah. This this is, this thing's like a thousand pieces and, and yeah. So we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get it together. Um, by the time we get this together, it may be spring and we're getting our garden growing anyways. So yeah. Did you and Nathan have some quality time on the swing while no, you guys were doing Nathan this? Nathan has had his own quality time on the swing because he's been out there um burning the midnight cardboard. Oh yeah. He, he chopped down our tree too that was dying, which was awesome. Yeah, and then he yeah, he chopped down the, the cherry tree yesterday. Well, it wasn't a real cherry tree. It was just a dying tree. So guess what kind what? of tree was it? It was a dead tree. A dead <laughs> I think it was a, I think it was a maple. Yes, it was made of wood. Oh, yeah. Um, probably with like aluminum and uh, and barium uh, particles. <laughs> well, hang on to it and bring it next week. Bring it. There's plenty yeah. Of wood. Oh no no no! Trust me, you're not going. You're not a lack of wood. Um, Willie. No, I saw. Yeah, Willie's an, <laughs> Willie's an, an excavator, and he takes all the trees that he brings down, and he and he brings them out there for everyone to have wood. So, Perfect. So Matt yeah. and Hev did some Matt and Hev did some serious work. We got some hickory and some other stuff too. Awesome. Oh, nice. We're gonna have log splitting class though. Oh. Because we're gonna need to do that. I mm-hmm. know how to do that. <laughs> oh, be yeah. a lot of fun. Hey man, I watch Wind Calls the Heart and Heartland. I know how to chop wood. They do it all the time. You bet. And they make you it bet. look so easy because I never can hit the wood on the first swing. Shoot. They're like 15 pound sledgehammer. You'll be hitting yeah, stuff. They're like, watch this. I'm going to do it backwards, blindfolded. And I'm still hitting the wood. And then there's me like doing it the right way. And I'm like, oh crap, I missed. Well, right. that's how you or, scratched your back with the sword. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also <laughs> how I stabbed myself in the back with a sword. Exactly. Yeah. You remember that, huh? That's <laughs> <laughs> just something I never forget. I got a scar to prove it. Yeah. Fortunately, it's on my back. So I don't have to stare at it all the time. But anyways. <laughs> So we're going to get into uh, you know shorter show tonight. Um, we always spend uh, um, the evening with our mother, um, nine o'clock here. So we are going to discuss Judas today because, like I said, one thing that's always intrigued me, you know, and and I I know I've done the, the digging. Matter of fact, Colin and I um, found a little interesting tidbit here, which when I'm covering um, Daniel and uh, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar, we'll be covering Habakkuk as well. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Habakkuk. <laughs> Habakkuk, <laughs> because he falls right into that too. So that's a pretty interesting one because those were Nebuchadnezzar and Habakkuk were two of the we were going to discuss, and they actually fall into the same story at some point. So that'll be interesting. But like I said, how God uses bad people to do his will, another look at God's providence, starting with Judas. So two questions confront us when we consider the story of Judas. Why did he do it? And why did God allow it? Those are the two biggies. So um, would why would God allow his son to suffer such indignity at the hands of somebody that claimed to be his friends as a place to begin consider three verses dealing with Judas so first is a uh, in Acts 116 Peter declared that the scripture had to be fulfilled he meant that the Old Testament predictions that he cites Psalm 69 25 and Psalm 109 8 um, regards Judas were bound to come true so when Judas actually betrayed Jesus in the garden, Peter immediately sprang into his defense. Jesus waved him off by declaring, um, 
all this was done that the scripture of the prophets um, might be fulfilled. So Matthew 26, 56, the phrase, all this refers to the betrayal, the circumstances surrounding it and the circumstances fall or flowing from it. So all that happened according to God's plan, Jesus says much the same thing in his famous prayer just before Judas arrives. None has been lost except the one doomed to the destruction that the scripture would be fulfilled. Um, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. That's John 17, 12. So other examples could be added to this list as well. So I find it remarkable how consistently the New Testament writers see the hand of God and the events surrounding the death of Christ. So although Judas appears to be acting solely on his own initiative, it is clear that his betrayal fits into a larger pattern of events, one that is orchestrated by the unseen hand of the living God. So let's go through these little things. First, a mystery, not a contradiction. So to put the matter that way rises several other questions, was Judas predestined by God to betray Jesus? And I think the answer is yes. If so, did he have a choice? We all have a choice. We have that free will. He just made the wrong choice and he fell into greed over anything else. He was thinking about himself. So is that a contradiction? It's a mystery, not a contradiction. So the fact that we can't conceive of free choice coexisting with God's predestination simply reminds us once again that he is a God and we are not. This is a true mystery, which we may explain in various ways, but we'll never fully understand. So this brings us face to face with the doctrine of God's providence, which means a God has a plan that includes everything that happens in the universe and God's plan extends to the tiniest details of life. And God uses all events, both good and bad to accomplish the purposes that he needs. So providence means that God is in charge of the entire universe at all times and nothing happens outside of his control. So um, these are two great texts. So here are two great texts to keep in mind regarding God's providence and our own personal experience. The first is the famous statement by Joseph to his brothers in Genesis 50, 20. Um, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And if you recall, like God used that situation and Joseph was very forgiving because he understood what this was, what it ended up being about and why that was all destined to take place. But they also had the will. We all had that free will. So they could have gone the other direction, but they ended up following their greed, corruption, hate, jealousy, instead of actually making the right choice. So the second comes with the familiar words of Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for good of those who love him, who have called him according to his purpose. These verses teach us that God is able to take the worst things that happen in life and turn them into good and to his glory. So this doesn't erase tragedy or transform heartache, but it does give a defined perspective that hard times of life that enables us to keep going when we'd rather give up and just quit. So how does this truth apply to Judas? In the providence of God, the betrayal by Judas actually advanced God's purpose in the world. So Judas's betrayal is how Christ ended up dying on that cross so that we could all be forgiven, that the veils could be torn between those two temples. And it wouldn't have happened if Judas hadn't have set that in motion. And I'm sure that if Judas 
had not betrayed God, um, Jesus and had made the right decision, then God would have probably, you know, set out someone else to do it. Because once again, God doesn't force us to do anything. He gives us free will. So um, he betrayed the Lord, but ended up vindicating him. Um, by his treachery, he established the very cause he set out to destroy. We turn now to consider how the sin of Judas served many good purposes none of which were seen that night and none which diminished his true moral guilt. The lesson simply teaches that God can take um, that which is evil and use it for his own good purposes, just like he did in this particular case. So one, it, it demonstrated the evil motives of the Jewish leaders. So from the earliest days of Jesus's life, we find that Jewish leaders conspiring against him. Herod the Great tried to kill him in Bethlehem, during his ministry, um, his greatest opposition came from the Pharisees the, uh, um, and the, the scribes and the teachers of the law. It can be fairly said that the common people, by and large, respected Jesus and responded pos positively to his message. So while not all become believers, many felt a strong attraction to his message. But among the leaders of the nation, only a few followed Christ and they became secret believers for fear of persecution by their brethren. And we saw that that's one good thing that the chosen kind of brought out into those aspects of the ones that ended up believing. And even the ones that were kind of hesitant that ended up believing kind of did it on the down low because they were afraid that they were going to be killed. And that's the whole thing is that we not, we need not be ashamed. We need to be vocal and not worry about losing our lives. I mean, the disciples and the apostles were put into those positions quite frequently. So Matthew 26, three through five informs us the leaders of the Jews were looking for an opportunity to arrest Jesus and to put him to death, but they feared to do it during the feast of the uh, unleavened bread because of the crowds that thronged um, Jerusalem. They were evil cowards who hated the son of God, but feared a popular uprising if they tried to arrest him. So Judas solved that problem by volunteering to betray the Lord. When they, or when they offered him 30 pieces of silver, he readily accepted even though um, he was going or even though that was the going price for a slave. His betrayal proved that the Jewish leaders were far from innocent bystanders in the death of Christ, but they wanted him dead and they used Judas as a convenient means to an ugly end. That way, um, they didn't have to take the brunt of the responsibility. All they had to do is point to him and be like, hey, man, he was the one that came here and told us what he was doing. So he basically became a, a Judas goat or a, or a scapegoat as well. So two, it proved that Christ is a man of peace. So when Judas kissed Jesus in the garden, Peter impulsively grabbed his sword and started swinging it. He was ready to die for his master and intended to take a few of the bad guys with him. One swing of his sword whacked off the ear of uh, Malchus, um, the servant to the high priest. So Jesus immediately restored the ear and told Peter to put down his sword. And he reminded Peter that he could call for the 12 legions of angels, 72,000 highly trained and heavily armed members of the angelic defense league to come and to rescue at any moment. But he chose instead to allow himself to be arrested, knowing that this would fulfill God's plan. And Jesus knew what, what his finality was going to be. He mentioned it multiple times. Um, um, through one man's treachery, Jesus proves himself as a man of peace, not a man of war. So it established that Jesus Christ was truly innocent. 
If you'd like um, an interesting Bible study, so take a look at the trials of Jesus. It appears that between 11 p.m. Thursday night and 7.30 a.m. Friday morning, Jesus underwent six different hearings, one before Anus, two before um, Cephas, and one before um, Sanhedrin, and two before Pontius Pilate. So the Gospels writers emphasized that although Jewish leaders earnestly sought for witnesses um, who could testify against Christ, they found no one willing to come forward. So finally, um, they suborned perjury by putting forward false witnesses and preceded contradictory testimonies. So Jesus responded to the false testimony by saying nothing at all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. This Isaiah 53, 7. His silence spoke more loudly than the foolish claims of his lying accusers. So when he went before um, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governors received an urgent message from his wife. Don't have anything to do with that, inno with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. This is Matthew 27, 19. All four gospel writers um, agree that the three times Pilate rendered the same verdict regarding Jesus, I find no fault in him. John 19, 6. Um, that literally means I find no basis for any of the charges brought against this man. So in modern terms, you might call this a summary judgment in the favor of Jesus. Um, later, though, Pilate gave in to the pressure and ordered Jesus crucified. But this is much this much is clear is that he never believed that Jesus was guilty of any crime. As far as Pontius Pilate was concerned, he was ordering an innocent man put to death, which is why he tried to wash his hands off of the whole affair. And he did that literally. He literally walked over to the the oil water and the and the uh incense or whatever it was and and tried to wash his hand like literally of this. So Jesus is truly the lamb without blemish who died for the sins of the entire world. This is John 1, 29. The trials that were meant to establish his guilt ended up establishing his innocent for all the world to see. In such a manner, Judas served God's purposes through his wicked act of betrayal. So he ended up, like I said, even within the evil and his betrayal, he ended up doing what was required of him to do so that the prophecy could be fulfilled and that we can be having this conversation right now about Jesus, knowing that we have a chance not to go to hell and to enter heaven. Otherwise, without Jesus, we'd be done. I mean, imagine this. If it wasn't for Jesus, I mean, finding Jesus is, is what brings us to where we are today, which fills us with the love. It's the reason that I haven't started throwing rocks yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, imagine that lack of Jesus. Imagine knowing that if you were a sinner, that you were doomed. Yeah. What reason would you have to be a good person anymore? You know what I'm saying? So like that, that, so ultimately, I guess Judas did us a favor <laughs> in, in a weird way. Um, Conley, what do you think of that? Well, he had to, because that was, <clears throat> that was the prophecy, right? I mean, you know, he wasn't, he was a, wasn't the best dude, even while he was acting as a disciple though, right? Yeah, he was. He was basically. Um, he held their money. Yeah, for the whole group. He did. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he did. And in in John twelve, uh, John twelve four through six talks about having charge of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put in it. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, 
it's not like Jesus didn't Jesus didn't know that. Jesus knew everything. Right? And he still used him. Yep. I you know, you and you even get into with Pontius Pilate, um look at look at look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. You know, without without them, um there's no crucifixion because no. there's no one to there's no one to take Jesus to, to to Pilate in the first place. Exactly. And you know, so everything lined up. But once again, you know, I do feel like that God has a predestined missions for all of us. Mm-hmm. But I also sure feel that we've got the ability to deny it or accept it. Um, you know, and I, I've had this conversation with a lot of people that are like, no, 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 it's not like that. We have free will in general. It says so right here. And it's like, yeah, but I also believe that when we're born, God already has a plan for us, like a mission specifically for us that lines up with other people's missions. And ultimately we do, we choose to accept it. We choose to deny it. You know, um, those of us that have come around to God, um, you know, later in our lives, you have to wonder like what, it, what would have happened if we had come to God earlier in our lives? Would we be able to fulfill the missions that we're fulfilling right now? Because part of the hardships, turmoil, tribulations that we've gone through in our own lives as we were sinners is what makes us fit for the missions that we're on right now. You know, that's, that's why, you know, it, I, and I'll never Trump's a man a hundred percent, but that's one reason that I will never, when people say, you know, what if God has picked Trump to fulfill this particular mission? Um, because he's the type of guy that can brush stuff off and, and go forward. I, I can't argue that because I mean, I've said it before. Like if I was in Trump's position, I would probably be under my desk crying like at least once a week going, get me out of here. I don't want to be here any longer. He, if he has, <clears throat> you know, then he has, here's the thing about the, the predestination thing. It, it is all preordained. And he also knows what the choices are that you're going to make. Yeah. Right. But he, but he still gives them to you. It's in, in, um, if he didn't, I don't believe that we would be going through the, the mental process of, of that, that we do whenever we're confronted with anything, are we going to get up on time or are we going to hit the alarm? Yeah. It's something as simple as that. He knows what you're going to do, but, and again, though, here, I put it in this perspective. If you put candy out, remember like during Christmas, or sometime and and your grandmother or your parents that would put candy out on the table and that's for later that's for later don't touch that you can't eat that now how many of you went and ate it and how many of you didn't or how many of your siblings did they knew they knew that the odds were high that you were going to go someone was going to eat it they were hoping or praying that they trained you well enough that you weren't going to but they had a good idea that you would yeah it's 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 very similar to that. It's very similar to that. Then there would have been have been consequence for that, but then they would have put you back on the right path. They didn't just discard you at, you know, five years old, kick you out of the house and go. Sorry, we're not going to deal with you anymore because you you disobeyed. You know, fortunately, that's a thing that we've been inculcated with that God has has given us is is that forgiveness and mercy and grace, but He's done it on such a obviously a scale that we can't even begin to, to do that with. So to, to, for, and I used to have those, or I used to have several arguments about predestination and are you elect and what are the elect? It kind of moved into a very Calvinistic type conversation. 
it's good. Why get into that? Does that affect your life? And does that affect you in doing what you're supposed to be doing in your life by bringing praise and glory to, to God every single day by having an argument with another believer or a non-believer? Yeah. Are you guiding them? Or is your heart really coming from a place of I'm going to be right because I'm this? Exactly. Exactly. Very much like, how can you possibly believe in pre-trib or post-trib or any of that kind of stuff? Because the Bible says this, this, and this, and this, and this. Fine. Great. Are you? What are you going to do five minutes after we get done having that conversation? Are you going to go sit and judge somebody? Because what did that conversation ultimately do? Nothing. You know, we're not going to be perfect. So no, and, that, uh, and, and I agree with you hundred percent on that too. Um, you know, that's why I, I prefer having conversations. I'll never mm-hmm. go in. Cause like I said, who of us will ever be an authority until God comes down and makes us an authority on, on scripture. I mean, and right. it's the living word, you know what I'm saying? And I think that living word has way more meaning than we even take it to because it's, it's organic. It's ever moving. It's evolving constantly. Every piece makes another piece work. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, if we don't fulfill our destiny, God's going to swing someone else in to fulfill that mission that was needed to be done one way or the other. Um, sure. But I, I don't know. I, personally, I find it kind of exciting to know that, that we've, that we're destined by God to do something. You know what I'm saying? That's exciting. Well, it's, it, it's, it's, it's hugely exciting. He picked, I mean, and it's also kind of unbelievable at the same time because, and that's kind of where we, we can become our own worst enemy and we can also allow the enemy to really begin to play on that where we go back and go, well, I don't, that's not true. He, you know, all of the things that I've done, I've done this, 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 there's no, there's no way he would do that. And that's the lie. One of the lies, but a big lie that Satan will tell you and work, work on your head. But God, if, if, if your faith is such that you believe that God is everything and he is the alpha and omega, then he definitely has ordained you to be here right now to do the things that you're supposed to be doing. You still have the choice of not doing them just like Jonah did. Mm-hmm. Jonah had a choice. He knew what Jonah was going to do. He got swallowed up by a whale. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I got, you know, the humpback over here on standby and you're going to be there for three days. Yep. You know, whether there was a humpback, who knows? Who cares? It was just the fact that he was there. He already knew it. But then he knew that he was going to use him again. Yeah. And he learned that lesson. And it is about lesson learning. Our goal, I think, personally, is to try to limit the, reduce the amount of time it takes us to learn the lessons. Then we become very good operators that way. Yeah, exactly. Um. So we're going to go through... Uh, there's some multiple verses. So the gospel writers record many Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the total number of prophecies is well over a hundred. But I'm gonna I've got a couple right here that I'm just gonna read to you just as some examples of this. So Psalms 41 9, close friend will betray Christ. You can see John 13, 18. Zechariah 11, 12, 30 pieces of silver. You can see Matthew 26, 15. So Zechariah eleven thirteen, Judas would give the money back. You can see Matthew twenty seven five, um, Psalm sixty nine twenty five, reputation destroyed forever. You can see Acts one twenty, um, Psalm one o nine eight, 
replaced by another man, Matthias, um, or Matthias, see Acts 120. See, Judas didn't know it, and he doesn't get any credit for it, but his um, dastardly deed actually fulfilled predictions given by the Holy Spirit hundreds of years before Christ was even born, before Judas was even born. Um, you know, and we're seeing weird little kind of reoccurrence of that. You know, someone brought it, I think it was Ron um, brought it up at the beginning of the show, talking about Judas Pence. And Pence literally took some silver or some kind of a coin um, in order to betray Trump. Um, so we, we've seen kind of these weird, like, shadow or reoccurrences almost yeah what it, took it, place it, then i think now. he took i think he took it a lot earlier than that. no i do because 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 the plan was hit the plan from a political standpoint the plan was going to be him and ryan but it all it, yes man you're right it does all play out you know when it's so try not to be cliche with history repeating itself but 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 it does and it's not history sin sin repeats itself Sin has stayed constant throughout uh, the very first one, and it'll stay constant through the last one until Christ comes back here. Yes. That's why we, as we've talked about, we can look to things as things that are going to be, they're going to make things better. You know, Trump being in the White House, a golden calf is going to save us because our leader has gone up the mountain and we don't know what the heck is going on. That's it's the same thing, and no, yeah, literally. Um, Matt and I have to say nothing new under the sun. Correct, correct. It's not new, but it is something. I think that the, the believers now, because of time, and obviously we see a lot of the prophecies having been fulfilled. It's it's no different than what the early disciples had to go through and what they went through when they were having to convey the story. And they were there, you know, they, they saw it. You, they saw him on the cross yeah. and then you had him, but then they saw him after three days. How do you, how do you tell people that? And, and they were, and they were the ones who actually witnessed all of that. There was an amount of faith leading up to that event on the cross. Their faith was um, verified. And yet sometimes they still lacked it even afterwards. Yeah. Right. But then their faith was also tested. Look at Stephen. Look at Timothy. Look at Paul having to be in prison so much. And it took him forever to get to Rome and yeah. then finally get in prison there. Right. I mean, it was two, two years yeah, exactly. or longer. You know, right. And a, and a ship and a storms and all that. Oh, yeah. It's a difference between professing Christ and truly possessing Christ. Um, you know, and I'm going to mm -hmm. get into that here in a second. But, you know, first, uh, this is, you know, um, it teaches, this whole instance teaches us that God ordains both the means and the ends. So mm -hmm. we all understand that God intended that Jesus would die for his sins of the world. But sometimes we forget that when God ordains a particular end, he also ordains the means to that end, you know, like in the case with Judas. So nothing is ever left to chance with God. We see clearly in his life of Christ. So God himself had foreordained every detail surrounding the death of his son. Even his enemies played into God's hands, though they did not know it at the time. And I'm wondering if they caught on to it later. You know, Pence, or uh, Pence, <laughs> Judas, gave, <laughs> Judas gave the money back. He ended up um, really regretting what he had done, and he hung himself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So he ended up committing suicide. 
So God's plan included the time of Jesus's death, Passover, the place, Jerusalem, the opposition by the Jewish leaders, the betrayal of Judas. It even included the price Judas would receive for his act of treachery, which would be 30 pieces of silver. So everything else in the story fits into God's plan. The crown of thorns, the scourging, the trials, um, Pilate's testimony, his verdict of death, a man that helped carry the cross, the place of death, Golgotha, in the moment of his death, 3 p.m., the time when the Passover lambs were sacrificed at the temple, God's plan even extended to having Jesus buried in a borrowed tomb. You can find this in Isaiah 53, 9. So like literally every aspect of this was mentioned before it happened. So it just shows that um, this was all 100% um, in God's plan. So once again, um, God ordaining both the means and the ends. So the fact that God ordains both the means and the end should surely encourage us to face our own trials. Often in the confusion of life, we see the ends, much less the means God intends for us. So the story of Judas teaches us that nothing happens by accident. Everything fits into God's plan, the living word. When God determines, determines where we will end up, he also determines how we will get there. And like, that's just mind blowing when you stop and think about how, like, I mean, cause we've said it before, is it, it always, I mean, it's, there's a billion things that amaze me about God. Okay. But I'm, I'm a script writer. I know how hard it is to take something that's going to be an hour and a half long and make every character, every word and every detail work to where it doesn't confuse the viewer by the time you get to the end. God's script inquires billions of people throughout history um, and every little tiny thing that is required to happen in their life to get where they were going, you know? Right. So then it's not a, it's not a huge leap then to say, okay, when we, when we sit around sometimes and where we sit around a lot, all of us, and we go, well, that just doesn't make any sense. That just doesn't make any sense. Why did, Why is it that so-and-so is doing this? Why is so-and-so doing that? Why is, why is Biden doing this? That makes no sense. But when we put it into the context that you're putting it into, which is the right context, it is all ordained. Yeah. All of this has to happen. It's or all of it's going to happen. God knows it and God knows it's going to happen. Then we then what that does is is it actually should remove any fear, I'm any totally worry, but a whole lot of should all take all the fear away when you can go, well, okay, God knew this was going to happen. He knows what's going to happen. We may want to try to know what is over the horizon, but God knows what's over the horizon for sure. And if your first task and purpose is to bring people to Christ, then you get to focus on that primarily. And, and the other ancillary things of what's going on politically, financially, or things like that, you need to pay attention to because they will impact you. But you don't need to pay attention to them as your primary focus because then you're going to get lost in that hole of fear and doubt, which is where Satan wants you to be. Yeah. And you don't have to have it because you already know that God already knows. Yes. Yeah. He knows you're going to have more trouble with the greenhouse. He knew you were going to have more troubles with the greenhouse. You were going to have troubles with the greenhouse today. Yeah. And yet at the same time, he wanted to see how you and 
and, and living, we're going to handle it individually. And then as a couple, are you, how are you going to learn something from it? How are you going to grow? Who's going to yell? Who's going to scream? Well, I, who's going to cuss? I no, did, I mean, you know, I, all I, that kind of stuff. I did say a couple of unchristian words. And then you go back and so, you know what? You knew I was going to say them. Thanks for letting me still say them. Yeah. And I need to, I need to repent for those. But he already, and he knows what's going to happen. He knows what we're already going to talk about up until for the next 20 minutes. You and I have no clue. I mean, we have an idea generally, but he also knows there may be a squirrel that comes in and we are, you know, go off and chase him for a minute or two. He knew we were going to be talking about Judas tonight. He yeah. did. He and he also laid that on your heart. But he, you know, he knew that was coming. Yeah. And then he and he all the stuff in chat. So if all of that is the case, then nothing should really be a a pure surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes that puts you in a position of going, okay, I'm not really surprised. Now it rocked me back on my heels a little bit, or if it's a good surprise, happy. But you then can be able to roll with that some because then your next your next thought should be okay god what is it you need me to do what is it you're wanting me to do and it may yeah. take a bit some, and it may take some serious prayer for you for a minute yeah because we're stubborn well we, we well, tend to be yeah yeah it there's 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 the stubbornness part too but in that if we're talking about learning within everything um in every event, it doesn't have to be a huge event. It could be a small event of, you know, opening the door and you stub your toe. Yeah. That's an event. God's, you, God's, you know, you're going to respond one way or the other. It could be that you open the door, slip and fall and break your arm. That's an event. We get to dictate too how big and large that event is going to be. Yeah, we do. Or in how we react to it. But he already knows. You know, it and is, we don't get to be so worse. No, and that's the thing is like knowing that the script. And I can't. Man, I, I'm going to be like, Lord, can I? Can I see the script? When I when I get to heaven, like, can I see the script? It's already done. I I, I already know the ending. Can, can I see the script? <laughs> I want to see the you one know, that he wrote on my life. <laughs> well, I think you know what it's interesting is because he. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good statement. It's you. We get to flesh it out, but ultimately, as a script writer. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there in the 66 books with all of those people because those people are no different than you or I or anybody else listening. We're no different. You we know, just don't speak Aramaic and no. we're not running around in sandals for the most part. Well, mostly. We're and we eat and... something other than manna. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Some of y'all drink wine. So there you go. I know. We're, we're not so different. Mm-mm. We're really not. Just imagine the character listing in this. You know, we, we joke about the begat section in scripture. Just imagine <laughs> the character listing in this big script. <laughs> right. I it's, mean, imagine if that was written now. You know, you got John begat Steve and he married Sarah. And then they had, uh, of course, in today's age, the, the book of numbers would be real small because we don't have as many children, apparently, as we do back then. But yeah. Uh, you know, it 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 would just be the same. Just with it would be the same. The names. politics is the same. Yeah, Laquanda begat Dominic. You know what I'm saying? Like just, <laughs> the, the the names just just change. Shatete and Jaquan. <laughs> you know, but that, it's all the and, same. And A A non or A Aaron A A Aaron yeah A A Aaron. But 
look, it, 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 and we're watching, we're watching what's going on in America right now. We are at the very tail end of what happened in Rome. Yeah. There were 10 significant things that, that occurred and not events, but, but 10 actions that took place in Rome that got Rome to the end so that Nero could, could, could fiddle. And I don't think that Biden is the one that's fiddling, but it's very close. And it, and there's embers that are burning within the country, if not full-fledged fires, literal fires in a lot of cases. But we get to choose whether or not we're going to go down that path. Yeah, God knows whether we're going to go down that path. God knows whether the country's going to stay and get better. But honestly, for how long? Yeah. It could be a thousand years. It could be a hundred years. It could be, it could be, what are we in 2023? We're rolling into 2024. It could be along the timeline of the 2030 agenda thing. And we could have seven or we could be at at six. It very well could be that. Yes. You know, and we were discussing also before the show, um, all the different things that are going on, the evil stuff that's happening in this world. We were talking about Grisham particularly in New Mexico mm-hmm. and how she's removing or, you know, basically making sure that people don't carry, can't carry even if they have the license and stuff right now. But what's happening? God's utilizing that to wake other people up because they're seeing how yeah. far tyranny will go. Um, it's exposing them. So like I said, God uses even the things that we're just mortified by right now. God's using um, this stuff to wake us up. And then hopefully and, the next step would be finding God if they haven't already. Yes, exactly. And that, and I, that's, I'm glad you said that because that goes into what I was just about to say. And that means you folks, all of us having to get in that personal battle space with all of these people who were doing wrong. If it's, if it's, a, if it's the transgenders, it's the vestites, it's the whomever. Are you just going to throw your hands up and go, well, I'm sorry, you're just lost. Have they heard? Did yeah. they hear the word? D- did they hear it the way that you can deliver it? Yeah. Maybe you, I mean, there was a reason why in Acts that when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had the ability to do a lot of things. One of those was to speak in tongues. That was so that they could spread the word to Ethiopia. Ethiopia wasn't speaking Hebrew. Yeah. For the most part, they weren't speaking Greek. I mean, there could have been smatterings of that, but they each had their own language. Yeah. You may be able to speak that language a little bit better and a little bit differently in that arena. But if yeah. they, if, if Paul just threw his hands up and said, well, you guys over in Thessalonica or, and Colossus are just done. I'm not going to write any more letter. I'm not going to write a letter to you. You guys are done. Well, that's not what Jesus, that's not what God no, wanted Paul to say, do. Like give up on people because you can't communicate. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like find we, somebody that can. We would figure out how to speak to the Jub Jub tribe in the South Pacific. <laughs> we would. I'd bring a lot of bubble yum. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Then you get the natural clicks. Oh, mm-hmm. So real quick, I'm going to go into this. So, you know, we were just discussing earlier about the difference between professing Christ and truly possessing him. So mm-hmm. the sad story of Judas stands as a warning to religious people not to trust in their religion. And remember, God created us. God created the world. God created our spiritual relationship with God and Christ, but he did not create religion. Man created right. religion. And, and this is one thing that we need to matter of fact, it, it, this is just my opinion it might be an unpopular one, but um, religion itself is one of the most divisive things that, that stands on this earth mm-hmm. because it, it's, it's all political. 
I mean, like sure Christianity alone, how many sets of Christianity are there? And everyone wants to argue about follow the gourd. No, no, follow the shoe. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you're literally the shoe and the gourd came from the same person. Um, but like I said, it's just a way to keep us divided. My, my, my life of Brian reference always go there. <laughs> right. And um, that, and that is what it is. Yeah, Man's exactly. created that. Exactly. So he is the, um, preeminent insider who know who knew Jesus as well as anyone has ever known him yet in the end, never really knew him at all. So this week, um, so basically I'm going to church won't make you a Christian and any more than sleeping in a garbage makes you a car or sleeping in a garage makes you a car, um, you know, or going to a donut shop makes you a cop. So Christianity is not about religion. It's about a life changing relationship with the son of God. And, you know, if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, I don't even really like to call myself a Christian anymore as, as what Conley said, I'm a follower of Christ or I'm, I'm a follower mm -hmm. of Jesus. See, that is what we seek. We don't seek to be part of another group other than the one that we follow, which is, you know, Christ and Christianity, like I said, is pulling us in 50 different directions. They're being infiltrated, but you know, what can't be infiltrated Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so, so holding that line, following Christ, isn't going to end you listening to the wrong person and going, Oh, so becoming a transvestite is okay. Huh? Homosexuality is cool too. Hmm. Didn't, didn't realize that. Well, thank you preacher. Um, and that's what we're seeing today. So we are saved by the living faith of the son of God, not an outward religion observance. Um, the way to heaven is only Jesus and Jesus only. It's not Christianity. It's not Baptist. It's not Methodist. It's not Presbyterian and on and on and on. Jesus is the only way into heaven. So, that leads me to ask a simple question. Are you a professor or a possessor? Um, do you merely possess Christ as a, or profess Christ, um, in the trust of religious habits to save you? Or do you possess Christ in your heart by faith because you truly love respect and are thankful for everything that we've been blessed with by him. And we do see a lot of that, the, the lukewarms, in my opinion, fall into the category of the, um, profess Christ. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. We, you know, the native Americans, I've called them weekend warriors, the, the people that go to a church on Saturday or Sunday, and then they just misbehave the rest of the week, judge you don't, don't bring up Christ anymore. Maybe not even pray before they go to bed or eat dinner. They just go to church and like, okay, cool. Well, I've done my job and I gave my 10%. You know, those are the ones who profess Christ, but we need to possess Christ. We need to have him in our heart so that he is with us seven days a week, all day long every single place that we go and everyone that we come in contact with, they come in contact with Jesus as well, since he's with us at that very moment throughout our entire lives. So Judas pro professed Christ, but he did not possess him, which is why he is in hell today. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's exactly where he is. Yep. Exactly. Um, you know, not to mention the suicide, you know, yeah. the, I mean, um, and you know what thing is though, is that Jesus would have forgiven him. He would have, but again, you know, that, that had to happen. Yeah. You know, Matt and have bring up a, a great point too, is that remember Judas was already with the disciples and the apostles when Christ gave them the authority to go off and heal. Remember when he sent them off all, all off on their missions in Paris? 
Judas mm-hmm. was part of that right. group. And Judas was literally going around and healing people and removing demons from people. You know what I'm saying? So like it, he, he wavered in his faith, but I mean, when it came down to it, because he only professed him, he truly didn't believe a hundred percent. Um, otherwise like who would have ever have made that mistake? Right. That, that, that's like, yeah, I mean, and, and we knew it. I mean, even, even the disciples like kind of turned their back on Jesus briefly to, to save their own butts. Peter being one of them. Remember the rooster crow? Yep. Yeah, yep. uh, the rooster crowing, not the rooster crow. You know, this isn't like some <laughs> hybrid animal of a rooster and a crow. Um, rooster crow. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the end, I'm going to ask us a couple questions. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, was Judas wrong to do what he did? Yes. Um, is he guilty of betrayal? Yes. Is he in hell for what he did? Yes. Um, was his betrayal part of God's plan? Yes. Judas served God's purpose, even though what he did was wrong and he ended up in hell. To say it another way, there is a man in hell today who has been there for 2,000 years, even though what he did advanced God's plan to save the world. So the truth of Judas illustrates God's control of every event in the entire universe. Peter told the early Christians that the scripture had to be fulfilled. He meant that the betrayal had to happen the way that it did. Everything was planned by God down to the tiniest detail. Judas didn't know it, and neither did the disciples, but God's fingerprints were all all over his act of betrayal. That doesn't lessen his guilt, but it does increase our appreciation of God's sovereignty over the affairs of all men and all women. So that pretty much covers the Judas aspect. And, you know, it it is interesting, too, because, you know, the, the old saying is that, you know, um, you knew, you, you knew who I was, but you never truly knew me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't know you that those there's, there's many a people right around here that run around claiming to be, we call them holier than thou. The ones that pretend they act, um, as if they know that they're the authority on Christianity, the ones that are combative when it comes to scripture and so forth that don't truly know because if they truly knew you'd never be judgmental. You'd never, you, you know, there, there's a difference in the judgment of going up to someone saying, Hey, listen, this is against God's law. Maybe you should look at it a different way or reconsider what you're doing. That's, that's different because you're trying to save, but just, well, you're wrong. It's not like that. You know what I'm saying? And and that was ultimately what kept me away from Christianity for so long or, or right. Christ is those people that just come across arrogantly as the authority on absolutely everything when there's only one authority on, on scripture and that living word. And that's God. He's the only one that truly knows, um, everything else. Like I said, you hand a verse to 10 people, you could have seven different interpretations of that same verse. And that's the beauty and the importance of coming together and having conversations about verses, conversations about the living word so that we can all have a better understanding and maybe look at it from a perspective that we didn't quite see it as before. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. So do you have Pretty anything awesome. that you want to add to this conversation before I praise out? No, I, I mean, I don't other than just don't try not to f- try not to fear, try not to fear. Get, everybody can get into the space of, and the thinking that it's ordained. God knows what's going to happen. He does want you to work through the salute the, the problem to the solution. But that all begins with prayer 
and your relationship with him and being able to tell or remind people and to tell new people it is about a relationship and it's not about religion. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Like religion can be one of the most damaging things to someone's relationship with Christ. 100%. Especially, you know, because I mean, I've said it before, one of the most dangerous things in this world right now is the the leader of a pulpit who is literally leading his entire congregation down the wrong path. And I don't think, I mean, I know that all sins are created equal for the most part, but I, in my opinion, those people, the, the ones that are misleading the flock are going to be the ones that are held the most accountable. They'll probably have their own little special place in hell. Mm-hmm. They w- and they will. Yeah. They will. Especially the ones that knew him or said that they know him and don't really know him. Those people that that's going to be said to, they're the ones leading people astray. Yes. They are going to be dealt with. And even one thing too, before one more thing before I go into prayer is the word religion and the word spirituality. So the word spirituality comes from the word spiritus, spirit, referring to Mm. part of the Trinity. You know what I'm saying? That the spirit of God. Um, and then the new agers have taken the word spiritual and moved it over their direction, which has kind of tainted the word a little bit, or, or, or some people are like, no, 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 you don't, you're not, you don't want to be spiritual. And I've heard this, I've had this conversation with Christians before, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, you need to be religious, not spiritual. It's like, no, you need to be spiritual, not religious, because that spirituality is the relationship that you've got directly with God and with Christ. Religion is just politics, right? Like period. And, um, but they, they've done this all on purpose once again, to a divide us and then to keep us from focusing on this, you know what I'm saying? Because like, well, if we're not part of a religion that we must not be what Jesus is looking for or righteous enough like that. Um, and if you call yourself spiritual, you're probably a tree hugging hippie, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. So why, why, why is hugging a tree bad? (laughs) I didn't, well, I'm not saying that. I'm just, <laughs> that that chicken superstar did it. She even yeah. kissed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I've got no problem with hugging trees. I know. Yeah, I'm just uh, that's I'm just using the words that these other people will, well, the religious people will say is the new agers. Yeah, the new agers yeah, exactly. So, anyways, um, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out this evening. And then, like I said, this week, um, we're going to be carrying on this kind of topic. And we're going to be going over, like, Cyrus and uh, some of the other examples within Scripture of God taking questionable people or questionable actions and utilizing it for his own benefit. And then we're going to juxtapose that with what's going on in the world right now about how Christ and, and God are using the occurrences in the world right now um, to do the same exact thing that they did 2000 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. So if everybody would please bow their head, we will get into a little bit of prayer. Heavenly father, thank you again for another day. I just thank you every day for all the big and little things that you bless us with Dear Lord, just knowing that we are part of this great script of yours and that we have been destined to fulfill this mission is the greatest honor that we could ever have dear Lord doing the work, working hard, doing everything that we can to serve you, dear Lord, but doing it for the greatest boss of all time, the creator, the one that gave us life and gave us the ability to do everything that we've got right here. But dear Lord, I also ask that you work in our lives 
more and more every day as we get closer to you and we serve you more the devil and the demons try to come after us in major ways and we see examples of that all the time so dear lord remove the evil and the temptation from our lives dear lord bless all those people that are reaching out to you in prayer asking for healing for financial support for food or for whatever else dear lord I ask that you calm their hearts and you calm their souls, dear Lord, during these times so that they can get back on their feet and serve you. I ask that you just continue to bless Jeff so that he can come back and get back on this show because I know he misses it, dear Lord. I know he misses doing your work, but he is diligent at home, reading scriptural books and just enlightening himself more and more, dear Lord, and filling himself with the wisdom that I ask that you bless us with that same wisdom, dear Lord. Don't ever let us make the mistake of following our own will. Dear Lord, let us be very careful to follow your will and your will only. Let us utilize our platforms. Let us utilize our podcast and every other skill that you've given us, dear Lord, to speak your will so that we don't harm other people. We bring people closer to you. Dear Lord, I ask that you let us get closer to you. Build our faith more and more every day, dear Lord. So by the time we enter that battlefield, we have souls of iron, dear Lord, just completely filled with the the armor that, that you have blessed us with. I ask, dear Lord, that you remind us daily to repent and just answer the, the as we repent, dear Lord, and, and repair that armor as we're going to need this moving forward because we don't wear armor unless we're going to a battle. And dear Lord, we've known that we are going to be going into a battle at some point, and I felt it my whole life that it was going to be in this lifetime. So dear Lord, let us fear not. Let us stress not. Let us always remember to come at everything with love in our heart, not hate. Dear Lord, let us not let go of the righteous anger, though, that it takes so that we can protect our children, protect our families, our friends, and the values that you have given us. Let us protect our Bibles with our lives, dear Lord, as that is the word. And if they try to remove that word, dear Lord, the world's going to fall into more deeper turmoil than it is now. But dear Lord, we at least got a glimpse into your great script. We don't know exactly how our lives are scripted. We can see how things are working in our lives right now, but we don't know how things are going. So I ask, dear Lord, that you just continue to bless us with the discernment that we need so we have a better understanding as to what we're walking to. But thank you, dear Lord, for giving us that glimpse into the big picture, knowing that that Christ is going to come back to this earth and the devil's going to be shackled and bound in the hell for eternity. Dear Lord, that things are going to start over. And I just ask, dear Lord, and I know it's in your will that everyone's going to learn their great lesson in all this. People that never knew you will know you instantly. People will fall to their knees and praise and thanks for all that you have blessed us with, dear Lord. But let people separate from religion. Let them focus more on that relationship with you, that relationship with your son, and not get caught up in turmoil of politics, which the devil has disguised everything as political deception. Dear Lord, don't let people fall for all the tricks that are coming here in the future for this World, New World Order, New World Religions, Vaccinations, Beast System, and so forth. Dear Lord, let people wake up, and if they're not awake yet, let us do our job to spread that word. Help them peek under the veil that, that you have lifted up that we were so blessed to get a glimpse under before they did. But dear Lord, you gave us that glimpse. You allowed us to see what was going on, so I ask that you don't let, us, let that be in vain. Let us be very loud about what we've seen and about what we know so that we can help those other people find that relationship so that they can see what we have as well. But dear Lord, as the devil goes after people more, trying to deceive them and indoctrinate them, I ask that you just open up their souls just a little bit more every day. Let them be a little bit more accepting of what we have to say, dear Lord, in your heavenly name. In Jesus Christ's name and our heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Right on, right on, right on. All right. Well, great show again, guys. Living, Don Conley, thank you so much.
And uh, Conley, I guess we'll be seeing you tomorrow night. It's Monday night, so it'll be the Conley Monday. I'm going to try to get back as quick as I can. I got a Texans for Vaccine Choice event that I'm going to be at. Oh, nice. Oh, it should be. It shouldn't be. It's not that far away. Okay. I won't be doing my show tomorrow night because I'll be doing that. Oh, nice. Well, you, like I said, just let me know. Um, we'll have the show, and otherwise we'll I'll go do. on to another topic, and then we'll do Conley. Maybe Tuesday doing on it on the way in the truck on the way back. Hey. Hey, there we go. Awesome. Not bad. Sing some cure. <laughs> Just like old times. Yeah, exactly. But they were new times, too. Exactly. Old times, new times. New times. Well, I love you, brother. I love you, Liv, and thank you so much, as always. Um, And uh, we'll get that greenhouse put up, and we'll give you a play-by-play. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get it flipped upside down so that, you know, the roof's on the top and not on the ground, and the door is not on the floor. It's on the wall. So uh, <laughs> we'll get that done. But I want to thank all of you, too. I love you all very, very much. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, especially on a Sunday, to come join us and Brothers Fiance in a Bible. Guys, we will see you tomorrow evening for Kilted Christian, episode 456. Um, it could be the Conley Monday. Of course, <laughs> the Conley Monday could be on Tuesday. I'll let you know for sure. But, guys, I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your Sunday. Go grab yourself some dinner and pray. And I leave you with this. When this life has me down and the lies tell me I've been abandoned When the darkness surrounds and it seems that there's no hope inside I can call on your name and you release my pain, Lord, you hear me I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll carry me Because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be. Right here with you, safe in your arms, I'm washed in the blood. You see, fear is the enemy, left to its lies, it'll break me. I won't be led to believe that all feelings I am should be trusted. I can let go feel as you open my eyes to your hand on me. I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll fight for me. Lord, you fight, Carry me up on your shoulders You're releasing your peace 
with every breath that I breathe. And I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm washed in the blood. You see me all over lies. Filled up my mind, they come straight from the voice of the enemy. I will give up this pride and run straight to the fight. Cause I know you're living in me. Lord, I'll step across fear and surrender my life. And become who you call me to be. Who you call me to be. I will trust you, Lord, because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Lord, I call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. Lord, I'm lost in the blood. Absolutely beautiful rest of your evening, guys. Go enjoy some of uh, flight work, Sketty and uh, Douglas. You know I'm going to get you to sing in front of tons of people. Come on. There's going to be tons of people, and you love to sing. So we're looking forward to it. And, guys, have an absolutely beautiful night. Make sure tonight that you get on over to Bards FM. And uh, peace be still. And your night with a little bit of love, a little bit of prayer, and a whole lot of unity. We're going to need each other more and more as we get through these chaotic times. But like I said earlier, we got a peek into the script and we saw the end. And guess what it says? It says God wins the end. Well, not exactly, but we know how it ends. So keep on praying. Keep holding that line. Keep being for each other. Unify right now rather than divide. And we're going to get to this just fine. But I love you all very, very much. I will see you tomorrow night for Kilted Christian episode 456, possibly the Conley Monday. We'll see. Guys, I love you much. Have a beautiful night and God bless.